Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development in our state. Hosted by Jeff Rent and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. Joining us today on Mississippi Prospects is Darren Bulow. Darren is a principal with Deloitte Consulting LLP and leader of its real estate and location strategy practice. In more than 20 years of experience, he has guided hundreds of major corporations with the deployment of talent, facilities, and equipment around the world. Darren is a frequent speaker and author on trends related to footprint optimization, location strategy, real estate, and economic development. Again, please welcome Darren Bulow to Mississippi Prospects. Thank you. How are you? We're doing well this morning. You know, on previous episodes, we've had a lot of opportunities to explore what I would consider more traditional topics of economic development, and that's the focus of the podcast. Everything from corporate recruitment, workforce development, skills of the future, site preparation, and even site uh, certification. But the topic I want to discuss with you today, and this is something you've been addressing recently, is one that I dare say perhaps people perhaps don't want to openly discuss, and that is the opioid impacts on corporate location decisions. Is that a fair assessment? Is that something that people don't want to discuss, or would it be more accurately described as people don't know how to discuss this topic yet? Well, you know, I, th- I think opioid, uh, the opioid epidemic is something that's not evenly distributed across the United States. If it was the same everywhere, it probably wouldn't bubble up to the consciousness of the corporate location strategists and decision makers, but it's not evenly distributed. There are hot spots, there are cold spots, and because it has such a deleterious effect on a number of different uh, issues related to corporate operations and corporate location decisions, we need to evaluate it as site selectors. Now, companies are willing to speak about it. They're willing to, to confront the data. Sometimes communities themselves are not that uh, ready to talk about it or, or not that well prepared to discuss what they're doing to mitigate the epidemic. How far back do we go that you started noticing your clients coming to you and asking for this to be a factor in the decision-making process? Or is it a case of you went to them and said you need to also consider these factors? You know, it's more the latter. And it's really only in the last three to four years that Deloitte has started to consider opioid addiction, opioid overdose, uh, crime statistics related to the opioid epidemic, a number of different factors in corporate location decisions. Uh, When we bring it to the company's attention, they are definitely keen to understand uh, the differences between communities and the difference, the different outcomes that they might experience in one community versus another. So not so much the companies bringing it to our attention, but us reminding them that this is an issue that's hurting a lot of communities, including some communities that may be under consideration by the company. We've got those traditional location drivers, uh, such as logistics, workforce, taxes, available sites, and incentives. Obviously, these are still the top priorities when you're working with a company and helping them make a multi-million dollar decision on where to locate. Where does opioid abuse or incidents, where does it intersect with these traditional factors though? You know, we're seeing it in three different areas. Most obviously is the workforce itself. There are communities that are getting hollowed out in terms of workforce readiness, workforce availability, the, the, the ability of the workforce to, for instance, pass a drug test. Uh, or show up for work. And so the workforce is a a big 
part of the intersection between corporate location decisions and, uh, and opioid, but there are others, uh, quality of life. So as the, as the epidemic sweeps through a community, it has a number of different quality of life impacts, crime and safety statistics, uh, education, unemployment, truancy, absenteeism, um, you know, the, the impact on communities in the wake of, an, of a massive opioid epidemic is, is significant and shows up in quality of life. And then the third area is strained municipal budgets communities, counties, cities that are spending more money than they planned on treatment, awareness, uh, emergency calls, interdiction. It's, it's hurting their, their municipal budgets that could be directed towards other, other things, infrastructure, for example, or, or economic development itself. What type of data are you considering when you're making the, these decisions or advising your clients um, I mean, prescription rates or is it arrest rates uh, or incident rates? What type of things factor into your process? Yeah, there's a couple of good data sets out there. One of them is uh, drug overdose deaths by county. We're able to, to, to look at that data and, and make some uh, judgments about how deleterious the effect is uh, on a community in terms of, of um, overall uh, drug presence. Number two, Narcan usage, which is the anti-overdose remedy. Uh, the, there is data out there for that. Drug arrests is a, is a third. And then simply the fourth is prescription rates. Uh, it's, it's amazing to see the difference in rates of prescription per capita in one community or one county versus another. And that's another leading indicator. And according to the American Medical Association between 2013 and 2017, they've actually seen the prescription rate nationwide go down by about 22%. But the problem's not going away, as a matter of fact. Are we seeing it just being discussed more, or is the problem continuing to grow and we've yet to see a peak? Well, my personal opinion um, is is as follows. Last year, that uh, just came out yesterday, the 2017 statistics on Drug overdose deaths in the United States are 72,000 people. That's greater than HIV deaths. That's greater than uh, firearm deaths. That was in the New York Times yesterday. Uh, so, And that's a 10% increase in drug overdose deaths versus 2016. So while prescription rates may be going down, remember these prescription opioids sometimes, in fact, oftentimes are a gateway to illegal drugs, heroin and, and others. And so while prescription rates may be going down, the damage may have already been done in terms of getting people hooked on, on an opioid, and then they're looking elsewhere for, for that fix. So um, we, we still may see kind of a slow um, movement and evolution of this crisis. It's not going away anytime soon. How readily available is the data out there? And are we seeing some gaps in it? Uh, and what I mean by that are you know, communities not reporting this, and is that affecting your ability to give a complete picture of this issue? Yeah, for sure. The, the data is out there. Anybody can grab it. We've assembled a data set from the CDC, for instance. That it's a it's a reliable data set, uh, and and it's true for some of these data categories. Not every county is reporting. The drug overdose mortality rate is one of those where maybe fully half the counties in the U.S. the CDC isn't either receiving the data or isn't able to get the data from the counties. Um, but, but the data set that they do have is decent enough that we can use it as a, as a first indicator. Some of the other data sets are, are spotty on Narcan. Prescription rates is fairly consistent. You know, we, we're able to get much of the country uh, reporting on prescription rates. 
I had a chance to speak with the manufacturer up in the northern part of our state uh, recently, and he mentioned for the very first time he's hearing that in their hiring process, they're asking for their testing companies uh, not to drug test for marijuana. As more communities go online with either medical or uh, recreational marijuana, and it, that movement continues to grow. Is that contributing at all to this factor as companies look at local communities and these types of laws as well? Yeah, I would I would separate that um, anecdote from the opioid crisis, perhaps. Uh, I would say I'm not familiar with companies or clients that are separating te- marijuana testing from the broader need to drug test. The companies I'm familiar with want everyone to be uh, tested, whether, you know, for all illegal substances. Um, however, the the ripple of legalization of marijuana and recreational and medical use of marijuana and its growing acceptance in this country is is something, it's a changing trend. And it's something that's evolving and and kind of shifting before our eyes and how liberal, if you will, companies are, and some companies perhaps are, are rather liberal, it sounds like, in, in, in their acceptance of, of marijuana, uh, how, how quickly that evolves, I think, remains to be seen. Right now, the, the firms that we're dealing with, it's, it's drug testing as we're traditionally used to seeing it for marijuana and all other illegals. So regardless of what the local uh, regulations are, the manufacturer is still holding that you're working with, uh, holding steady to the across the board. In my experience, yes. Mm-hmm. But I would say if I heard what you heard in a community that they were not able to get the workforce that they need unless they exempted marijuana from the drug test, that would be an alarm bell for me in terms of the readiness of that community to deliver a drug-free workforce to a new employer. In the site location process, how do local economic development organizations need to be ready to respond to you during the RFI process uh, to questions about uh, the opioid epidemic that we're facing right now? That's a great question. I I would say, first of all, we're probably not going to ask too many questions, if any, during the RFI, the written RFI. We're going to have the data, and we're not going to rely on the community to try to replicate that data and only report on their county, if you will. Where it's going to come up is when we're visiting in the brief field inspections or the due diligence. And if if the community knows that it's experiencing a an issue relative to drug use or opioid overdose or Narcan or crime prescription rates, any of those, they need to be re- prepared to respond to a question from the site selector. The site selector may come to the community and says, we noticed this in the data. What's your reaction to it? And if I was an economic developer, I would be prepared with a response that says, this is a problem everywhere. We're experiencing our own problem here in the community. And here are the three things that we're doing to combat it. We're aware of it. We're fighting it. And and here's what we're doing. Would it help you to have public health officials at the table uh, to address this in communities which are uh, perhaps more heavily affected by the issue? Either public health or elected officials that are, are acutely aware of the strain that it places on city and county services and uh, can speak to what the community is doing about it. That That's the important thing is, is that voice that acknowledges, yes, we know the data. It's not a surprise to us. We're fully aware of it. We're, we're doing something about it. We've got a plan in place. It's funded and it, it's posting results. You're going to see a different community in the next couple of years as we make progress against this. That's the message we need to hear. I would imagine they would also have to be ready to 
be able to explain the effects it's having on their budget. As you mentioned earlier, uh, it can put a strain on local infrastructure and municipal budgets when having to address this crisis. I was in a community in Kentucky about a year ago doing due diligence for a large manufacturing project, and the community administrator admitted that the opioid scourge is having an amazingly negative effect on city budgets for all of the things I mentioned earlier, interdiction, treatment, prevention, emergency calls, they're running out of money. And so uh, communities need to um, be aware of this and and have a plan in place for being able to survive the budget shortfall, the budget pressure that they'll be placed under as the opioid epidemic may increase in, in the community. Darren, as you've been looking over the data and you've our friend of Mississippi, you've done projects here. How is Mississippi comparing right now to other communities in other states uh, in the southeast or across the country? You know, I think as, a, as the crisis sweeps through the country, there are these hotspots that everybody has heard about, West Virginia, Ohio, et cetera, the northeast. Uh, in the southeast, uh, Mississippi actually is is doing pretty well in terms of overdose mortality rate. Uh, Mississippi is about 25% below U.S. average in terms of those losing their lives to drug overdose. Uh, it's never a good thing when you lose one life to to something like this. But compared to neighboring states, Mississippi actually has a, a lower uh, mortality rate. And, you know, it's something that, that Mississippi should keep a careful eye on. There certainly are counties in Mississippi that are well above the U.S. average. Uh, and those counties need to be uh, aware of the issue, doing something about the issue, and perhaps some state resources could be focused on those hotspots to make sure that, that those statistics start to, to ebb and get back in line. Top takeaways for somebody listening to this episode of uh, Mississippi Prospects. What are about the top five things or three or three to five things that they should take away from this discussion? Know your data relative to the opioids. You, you should go pull the data. You should understand how you compare to uh, neighboring counties, neighboring states. Uh, number two, if, if you are in a hotspot, you better be prepared with a plan to tell prospects, companies, location strategists that are coming to the community and want to know what you're doing about it. Uh, number three, educate your uh, local leaders. Um, they, they need to know that this issue of opioids has an impact on location decisions. It's going to impact workforce. It's going to impact quality of life. It's going to impact budgets. And those local officials better be prepared with an answer and a response to do something about it. Darren Bulow with Deloitte Consulting LLP. We appreciate you taking the time to come and speak with us today. Thank you, Jeff. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDC Info.